Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We told you yesterday on CHML that the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation have announced that teachers and education workers are going to be participating in a one-day province-wide full strike early next week. And obviously that's going to have implications on anybody who's got uh, children that are going to school. And uh, obviously about education and about a number of other things. And the other element to this, too, of course, is uh, this is it's a bad omen because clearly negotiations are not going well. Harvey Bischoff from the uh, Secondary School Teachers Federation uh, told us earlier this week that he has never seen negotiations this bad in all the years that he's been doing this. And that's that's quite a statement from him. Alex Johnstone is the uh, chair of the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board, and uh, she joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about how the board is going to be handling this. Alex, thanks for the time. How are you this morning? Good morning, Bill. Probably a little apprehensive, I guess, because of the news and what's been going on here. Uh, You guys didn't create this mess, but you're still going to have to end the confrontation, but you're still obviously going to have to deal with the ramifications of it. What is the board doing, Alex, to, uh, to prepare for what's going to be happening next week? Well, Bill, we received notice yesterday that our secondary students, um, sorry, our secondary staff would be walking out if a deal was not reached by next Wednesday. And with that, that would uh, create a full withdrawal of services and our our schools would then need to close for the day. Um, At the center of this dispute is the increase to class sizes. And that is where, as a board of trustees, we are encouraging parents to become informed about the issues, to know what is at stake, and to speak out. Um, Trustees have strongly stood against class sizes. Uh, The implications are very clear. With less caring adults in our schools, there will be a reduction in course offerings and a reduction in the courses that are offered in all five of our pathways. So our college-level programs, our university-level programs, um, our apprenticeships, our community programs, and our workplace programs. And and that's going to have a significant and likely very much a permanent impact on our students. Uh, there's a number of different things here that we need to unpack about this, and, and you've touched on a few of them there, Alex, and I, I, I'm, I'm glad you had the time to talk about this because uh, invariably there are going to be comparisons made about potential uh, work stoppages and what happened back in the 1990s when there was some confrontation between that government and teachers and, and boards of education, and there were uh, actually I think it was one strike and one lockout, if I recall, back in those days. And I don't want to go down that road, and I know you certainly don't, and I don't think any parents do, and I don't think any teachers really want to go down that road. But the characterization that I'm seeing by some people in the media here is that, well, here's these greedy teachers again. And I don't want to, you know, start, you know, putting air behind in, under that sort of thing. Uh, because since I've talked to Harvey Bishop, I've, I've talked to other uh, people that are in, well, the elementary school teachers, and of course you have to deal with, with both of those uh, unions, this doesn't seem so much to be about salaries and benefits. This may, seems to be really about the restructuring of the education system that the government seems to be undertaking. So our understanding, because we are not directly at the table as local trustees, so our understanding is that there are many issues on the table. But as this board of trustees, we're very concerned about increased class sizes. We certainly appreciated the the direction that uh, the minister took uh, with regards to reducing um, class size increases from 28 down to 23. But that's still a huge, or sorry, down to 25, but that's still a huge step. 
And this past year alone, to provide you with an example, we increased our class size averages by 1%. And that meant that we had to uh, cut back on many of our course offerings. It meant to cut back of 173 courses and impacted just over 1,450 students. So it, it has a tremendous impact. And we're already hearing across the system what those on-the-ground ramifications mean. They've meant weightless. Um, so, and those are, those are not just for specialty programs. Those are for some of our core courses. Um, we've had students t- uh, talk to us about how they are having to make the decision between um, a delayed graduation, so taking a delayed graduation due to a waitlist, or taking a course that really isn't pertinent to their future career path. And that's for some of our, our, our students who are doing well in school. For other students who are not doing so well in school, this may mean that they are having to commute further to access the program that they need. And we are also very concerned about, especially our most vulnerable students, becoming further disengaged with school. So there is real impacts here, and that is why you hear trustees in Hamilton speaking so strongly against increased class sizes. I, I appreciate that for many parents, they may think, or, or for many folks across the city, this is one day, these are our secondary students, um, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, this one single day will not have as big of an impact, but this is about much more than one day, because what we know uh, from the past is that when there is changes and cuts to education, those cuts are rarely ever reversed. So the the pathway that is being set for our students in this um, in in these negotiations will be the path, likely be the pathway that is set for years to come. And then we are very concerned about what that impact will be to our students and to our future generations. Well, you mentioned one day, and as of about an hour and a half ago, that's, I guess, what you were planning for, and we all, I think, understood to be the case. But uh, our, uh, our Queen's Park Bureau Chief for Global News, Travis Danrush, just tweeted me a couple of seconds ago, and he's got his hands on a document right now that says that the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation have already targeted two more days in December. Now, they have, he doesn't, one I think is going to be December 9th, but he wasn't sure about the other one. So, in other words, if contract negotiations don't so show some progress, this could be an ongoing problem, and this could be dragging on for a long, long time. And that, that only exacerbates the concerns, I think, that you've just stated. And that's where our expectation is that the the leaders in this province, uh, the adults, they do need to get back to the negotiating table and they need to hammer out a deal so that our students can get back to their desks and do their job of of learning and uh, building their future career path. You mentioned a couple of, of, of circumstances here, Alex, and maybe we need to spend a little bit more time on that. Because, uh, again, for, for people that maybe don't have students, in for, well, in this case, we'll talk about the secondary school circumstance, uh, about some of the things that are happening because of some of the announcements that the government's already tried to enact uh, in the school year. You mentioned about some courses may not be available, uh, and you said there could be some transportation problems. So are you describing here a scenario where there could be a student who's going to, say, a West End high school here in Hamilton, uh, the course that he needs or she needs to take is not available, uh, so they either have to wait for it, or as you mentioned, do they actually have to maybe find transportation to another school in another part of the city to take that one course? 
Well, I think it's important to note, Bill, that we already have tiered courses. So we have courses, core courses that are provided at all of our schools for all uh, five pathways in education. Uh, we then have second tiered courses that are provided within each um, uh, cluster. So our, our board is divided into three uh clusters across the city and then we have some programs that are only offered at one school an example would be aviation at ancaster high yeah. um so with that it's it's important to note that that is already taking place the difference is is that there we're already experiencing wait lists this past year especially as students uh as courses were reduced and with that, students are having to make these very difficult choices about whether they delay graduation or take a course that perhaps um, doesn't meet their, uh, their career path. Um, for other students, that is meaning that they are having to travel further. Um, and for some of the online courses, um, because there's, there's been a lot of talk around, well, they can take courses online. It's important to note that there's not a a bottomless pool of online um, uh, seats or online um, positions for students to enroll, and that those courses also become um, become filled. So I've heard this past year about French immersion courses in our secondary uh, schools where they are online, and students, um, those courses have become filled, and the, the students are actually being redirected to courses being offered by other school boards. Um, it is it is concerning when students are having to make a decision of either waiting and delaying graduation or taking a course that really isn't prudent to their career path. So, again, just to follow along on that scenario so people get a clearer understanding of this, uh, if, if I, all our kids are, are past uh, in post-secondary school, they're in university or they're out working right now, so I, we don't have anybody in, in high school these days, uh, from our family anyway. But if I, I had a son or a daughter that wanted to go into engineering, for instance, or, or any other discipline like that, it, people need to understand there's a prerequisite number of courses and kinds of courses that that student has to take to qualify uh, to go to either college or university for, for that sort of a training. What happens if, if those classes are full? What, what does that student do? They, they, they can't move forward until they get that credit. So I actually want to take a, an opportunity to highlight that here in Hamilton, our, our top concern right now is our ability to offer college-level science and math. Those are core courses that uh, our, our students need in order to pursue interest into our colleges uh, here in Ontario and across Canada. And with that, we are struggling with the, the reduction in courses to be able to offer those core courses in science and math for college level at all of our high schools. Um, so when we are not able to offer those courses, students are either waitlisted, they may be directed to take courses online, and not everyone is able to successfully complete independent studies online. Uh, most students benefit from having an uh, a person in the classroom guiding them. And uh, for some students, it may be that they have to wait an additional semester or year in order to obtain the class um, that they need in order to pursue the career path that they want to take. So in other words, they're going to be held back, not because of any, any, any problem with their academic achievements, simply because there's no room for them. Exactly. 
Well, and, and again, that's that's only one of a number of different scenarios that we could discuss here. And, and we've talked about the resources that are available. And I know that Mr. Lecce, the education minister, has talked a, a great deal about online courses. And uh, and again, that's not for everybody. I mean, uh, and again, to use a Hamilton example, and I know you're very familiar with this, Alex, from your time on the board. Uh, there was a time when Westmount High School offered a very a special kind of programming for students that, that were, were very good and very adept. At, at, at individual in, individual learning and, and doing that. And, but it's not for everybody. I know some people that actually sent their kids to that, and they actually had to take them out because it just wasn't working out. So uh, you can't have a one-size-fits-all education system, really, can you? No, you can't. And that's where we, we do need to have um, diversity in courses. Um, but I, I think what is so important is that we're, we're not just talking about specialized courses here. And, and those specialized courses are important as well, uh, especially for our special education uh, courses. Um, but we're, we're, we're also talking about our core courses, things like our, our sciences and math that our students need. And it becomes very concerning when our board is not, in the, um, is, is not able to provide college-level uh, science and math in all of our high schools. Um, it may mean a complete revamp in the future if we continue to go down this route of increasing class sizes and reducing courses. Um, and at the heart of it, we know is, as parents, as community members, as, as people who've gone through the education system ourselves, that our students do well when they have a caring adult with them in the classroom. And um, that's not to state that some students won't excel um, on online courses or in other formats, but we know that it's so important, especially during the growing years, to have those relationships one-to-one with caring adults. Well, here's hoping that there is going to be some resolution. I know that we got to the 11th hour with the support workers a couple of weeks ago, I guess now, months ago, I guess, really. Uh, and they, they did hammer out a deal that was eventually ratified by, by those folks. And uh, here's hoping that they can do the same thing. But there is a gathering storm here, Alex. I mean, we've talked about your circumstance here with the Secondary School Teachers Federation. Uh, the Elementary School Teachers Federation is in a similar position, although a few days behind that. And uh, and the Catholic boards uh, and and the French boards, for that matter, uh, also are in this situation of strike votes and, and perhaps job action too. So uh, th- this is this is reaching a, a very very difficult portion here, I and mean, some would suggest a crisis situation with the government. And we're just hoping for everybody's sake that they can find some resolution to it. Well, and that and that's just it. It was not a crisis before, so I, I'm not sure why a uh, crisis is being created. And um, I think that we, I completely understand um, the fiscal situation that the province is in. So I, I do want to state that. But look elsewhere. <laughs> and when it comes to our students, really, we have been running very strict budgets uh, locally at school boards across the province. Um, here in Hamilton uh, this past spring, when we had an increase to our class sizes, we worked extremely hard to, to move money around, to prioritize their needs, and to ensure that the focus remained on students so that we could continue to offer as many course offerings as possible. Um, we, are, we are very concerned, and that's where we are encouraging parents um, and community members Go online, do your own reading, make your own opinion, and then speak out. 
it's it's so important at this point that um, uh, for individuals to become informed themselves and to express their opinion. Alex, we'll stay in touch, uh, hopefully with some good news early next week. Thanks so much for this today. Thank you. Alex Johnstone, of course, from the Hamilton Board of Education. And and by way of breaking news, I'll repeat just what I, I mentioned to Alex a couple of seconds ago. We've learned from uh, Travis Downraj, who is the Queen's Park Bureau Chief uh, for Global News, of course, that uh, he has uh, obtained a document that suggests that the Secondary School Teachers Federation have targeted at least one more day where there will be a full work stoppage. December 9th is what they're talking about, and there could be more uh, before the Christmas break comes up. We'll keep you posted on that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.